Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are The Wraith and I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. I wonder if the Vampire Motorcycle is a knockoff brand because Joe Estevez is... For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I wasn't late. He was late by not being early like the two of us were. Yeah, the rest of us were early. Uh, does that seem better on your end, Doug? Can you hear us crisply? It does seem better on my end. Well, I can hear you crisply. Whether that's better or not will depend on what you guys have to say. Testies, testies. One, two. Uh, Beavis and Butthead joke that never gets old. Never does. That's one way to look at it. Uh, All right. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I'm very tired today. I did not get much sleep last night. For no reason other than I laid in bed and could not sleep. So... I'm very sure. tired because I'm working hella overtime. And we're also very tired because, again, dumpster fire of a country right now. So It is exhausting. Luckily, my uh, phone... Oh, I just lost Noah. Yeah, me too. Noah's gone. Can't hear nothing crazy. from Noah. Oh, oh there, he jumped in. I heard a bunch of crazy. What? Yeah. What? yeah. You, you started your tirade and completely like jumped uh, left. Oh. I, I said, luckily, I... Uh, am running out of data on my phone so it shut off so i didn't get the avalanche of crazy news until i got home and hit the wi-fi good lord (sighs) although watching that crazy dude who's supposed to be a supreme court judge uh throw a tantrum like a fucking child was pretty interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the interest of fairness he was probably just kissing up to your president he throws tantrums at like a child you're not wrong. I'm looking at Facebook right now, and uh, a female that I'm somewhat friends with says, straight white males need to stop saying they're woke and actually listen to women. Shut the fuck up and walk the walk. <sighs> Good times. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't catch any of that. You were quoting a woman. <laughs> it was something about making sandwiches, I'm sure. Yeah. Does anybody know why Alyssa Milano was like sitting like not too far behind 
douche McDouche face while he was testifying today. What the fuck? Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know why, but I think it's awesome. I mean, she's very much against him, but I just don't know why of all people she was sitting... Yeah, I would assume those seats go to important people. Yeah, I don't know. Just in the annals of history, years and years from now, whenever people are showing their grandkids these old-school 2D images, holograms, they'll be like, hey, you see that? That's Alyssa Milano. Crazy, right? That'd be great if we could actually hear you talk. Yeah. Stupid fucking goddammit. <laughs> Stupid internet. <laughs> Stupid internet bullshit. He's got a moose in the internet now, bitch. Oh, snap. Uh, all right. I guess we should get started. I don't. I don't fucking know. There's no like fun segue or anything this week. Sorry, folks. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you think every other week there's a fun segue. Oh yeah, it's like smooth as silk. People are usually impressed with how I'm able to take our witty improvised banner banter and just slide right into that week's subject. But not gonna happen this week. By witty improvised banter, I mean you mean whatever we're already talking about, and you just turn on the uh, yeah on the recording without telling us yeah right. and that's why there's lots of racism and uh, yelling at Doug for his free health care and I felt bad I didn't get sick that much this week so I couldn't use any of my free health care <laughs> so hoping I'd get to go to a doctor this week just so I could tell you guys about it speaking of free treatments for AIDS <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Doug, why don't you tell us about the Charlie Sheen movie, The Wraith? What? <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that, was, that was Noah's segue. Segway. Very relevant. Uh, all right. And he only has HIV. He doesn't have AIDS, Noah. Yeah, that's what threw me off. That's clearly he, no, he doesn't have full-blown AIDS. Because <laughs> he said he had HIV, and I trust Charlie Sheen when he talks about having HIV. <laughs> I don't think there are very many people lie and say they do have HIV when they don't. I think we can trust him on that one. Well, I'm just saying maybe he's downplaying. He, he has full-blown AIDS, but he's saying he has HIV. <laughs> trying to play it cool. Anyways, yeah. let's yeah. not make AIDS jokes. That seems inappropriate <laughs> even for us. All right, why don't you tell us about Charlie Sheen's sweet car? All right. Uh, so The Wraith is a movie from 86, and Boy, is it ever a movie from 86? Yeah, it is. It's uh, set in a town where there is a group of bullies who steal people's cars by forcing them into pink slip races against their will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then they chop them up and, I guess, sell the parts, whatever they do. Um, So one day a spaceship arrives in the form of a car. And uh, starts to seek revenge on these bullies, kill them off. Spaceship? <laughs> it comes from the sky. I don't know. <laughs> and then, at the same time, Charlie Sheen rides into town on a motorcycle, uh, wearing what can only be described as too much denim. And 
I believe that's referred to as a Canadian tuxedo. No, Canadians are polite. We wear shirts under our denim jackets. <laughs> um, so he, uh, I don't know. It tur turns out in a shocking turn of events that Charlie Sheen is the alien thing. But okay. it also turns out that the bullies killed the guy like a year earlier and Charlie Sheen slash the alien are the reincarnated <laughs> guy that got killed, maybe? I don't know. So they come back and they, Charlie Sheen makes friends with his uh, brother and starts dating his girlfriend because of stuff. And I don't, this movie was fucking weird. I don't really... <laughs> At the end, all the bullies are dead. Charlie Sheen rides off into the sunset. This movie is The Crow if you replace goth stuff with cars. <laughs> and you take a little bit of acid. Because when Eric... Okay, so here's here's going to be my main thing, which is when Eric Draven came back from the dead and started approaching people, they were like, hey, that's that guy, because he still looks the same as he did when he was alive. He's just dressed a little different and has some makeup on. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the Charlie Sheen character does not look like he did before. And therefore, to the point where he's like dating the same girl that he was dating before, and she doesn't know that it's the same guy. Subconsciously, she does. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think. Okay, I don't think subconscious is a thing that exists in this movie. She she even specifically says that she's having a dream about them riding off together on the bike, but it's her dead boyfriend after they start hanging out. Because she knows. She doesn't know. <laughs> Anyways, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. <laughs> I mean, this movie's batshit insane, and I think it was intentionally batshit insane, so it does know it wants to be that. Mm -hmm. And it killed a guy. Yeah, it did. <laughs> he killed a bunch of people. No, like there was like, a cameraman that died filming one of those crash uh, scenes. <laughs> I gotcha. You were talking in the real world. Yeah, yeah. in the real world. Alright, so yeah, I did read that. Before we get started discussing whether we like the movie or not, I just have a, a question for you. Um, How kick ass was that soundtrack? Because very. Oh, we're getting there. Saying. The soundtrack was amazing. It's. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the most 1986 soundtrack in the history of soundtracks, but it's great. The real question. I, the question I have is like, who were all the people in this movie? Were they high school kids? Are they supposed to be in their twenties? Anybody know? I I think it's supposed to be ambiguous. It's supposed to be ambiguous. That and that's acceptable to everyone else. That it's just a movie where all the characters are the same age, but we're just gonna not know what that age is. <laughs> I'm fine with it. All right. Maybe it, I mean, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. No. But you can say they're high schoolers, but it's during the summer, so nobody has to go to school. So it doesn't really matter. The movie was filmed during the winter, though. Shut up. It's just what Arizona looks like in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had it, either of you ever seen this movie before? Oh, yeah. No. I had neither. So, Noah, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of The Raid. It's, it's weird, and it's... It's cheesy in the 80s kind of cheesy way, but I don't... Like, people talk about it being a good-bad movie... I don't even really think it's a bad movie. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but but it's not a 
bad movie. Like, all the acting's pretty good. The story's okay. Like, all the the cars blowing up and shit's pretty fucking cool. Characters are interesting. I'm a big fan. All right. Doug, what about you? Yeah, I have to say I did enjoy watching this movie quite a bit. Um, it, in a lot of ways, doesn't make any damn sense. But just before you have a chance to stop and think and realize it doesn't make sense, another car chase scene happens and something else blows up. So it moves at such a quick pace that it really doesn't matter whether it makes sense or not. And yeah, I, I had fun watching it. Um, I can't, again, I can't argue that it's a good movie. I mean, there's just too much that doesn't make sense. And really, the whole plot doesn't get explained. Um, Damn it, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm on the fucking phone! <laughs> uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Like, this is the first time watch for me. I've never seen it before. But I had an awesome time watching it. And I sat there going, I don't know why I'm enjoying this. Because, theoretically, I should hate this movie. Like, the acting itself is not that great. No, it's because they got they set out the perfect cast of exactly who they wanted. And then they just went. They spent all the money on the soundtrack. So they got the lesser brothers of all the people they wanted. They're like, we only need Dennis Quaid as the cop. Can't get him. Spent too much money on the soundtrack. All right, get me Randy Quaid. <laughs> we need like a good actor to play one of the sidekicks for the main punk. Is Ron Howard available? No. Get me Clint. It'll be fine. No one will know. <laughs> Just imagine if Emilio Estes played the main character. Oh, but I think that was it. They wanted Emilio, and they're like, "Can't get him. Get the get get his brother. Yeah, get his uh." less famous less talented brother that's that's who you got to get but i mean all the thing you can say about all three of those brothers probably objectively less talented than their brothers but more fun to watch in a crazy batshit movie like this that is true <laughs> that is very true uh so we were talking about the sibling rivalry of this movie where all the super famous people couldn't be in it so they got their brothers to be in it you mean they're better brothers? <laughs> I, di- I did say they're objectively worse brothers who fit in better in this crazy movie than their <laughs> more talented brothers would have. Uh, but yeah, I, I told Doug I agree with him. I had this first time watch for me, and I, uh, I actually super enjoyed the movie, even though in theory I should not have. Just because it's fucking crazy. (laughs) But it's just insane. Like, this movie opens with this gang of, like, what I assumed to be high school bullies. Mm -hmm. Just, it's weird. They want to steal cars, but they don't. Like, they have, like, their own little moral code where they can't steal the car. So they have Mm -hmm. to race you and beat you and take your pink slip. But they force people to race against their will, and then they cheat in the racing. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know why they don't just steal the car. And at some point, they, I hear, I heard one of them go, "Yeah, so it's all legal." And I no. was like, "Well, first of all, drag racing on an open road is not legal." So no. the, they, the, and that. not only that, but the movie contradicts itself because the police are chasing them for the entire movie <laughs> for doing exactly what they're doing. Well, but they're chasing them for racing, not for stealing cars. 
And that's what you think. That's what the whole plan is. It's okay if we get caught racing and illegally gambling, as long as we don't get caught stealing cars. Well, what I'm saying is, clearly these cops suck. <laughs> oh yeah, the police in this movie are—they're yeah. not up to their game. There might as well be like a Keystone Cops like soundtrack whenever they're on screen. In which I yeah. mean, you shouldn't hire Randy Quaid to be your chief of police. Uh, no, it's not a great move. It's like, yeah, I've been looking to get you for a long time. And I'm like, you haven't been looking that hard because we just watched him break the law like 10 times before yeah. the opening title even showed up. I, I mean, the second, then it's the second time the cops show up, they catch them all initiating the race. It's over right there. They can just arrest them for racing, and they don't. <laughs> well, let's take that a step further, though. It's revealed later in the movie that they have this giant chop shop where they chop up cars. It's in the middle of a desert. It's a giant building. <laughs> and you could not not know that's there. Like, everybody must know where that is. If you really wanted to get them, you just go there and arrest them. And you walk in, and there's always stolen cars all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did say no that the acting in this movie is pretty horrible. Really? I don't think it's that bad. Oh, it's so like, bad. The dialogue is so cliche, and everybody is just sort the, of... I think the funny part is, of all the bad acting, the only one who I, I think is especially bad is Charlie Sheen, and he's in the lead role. I know. Like we said, everybody's worst brother, if Emilio was in this movie. I didn't like... first, first of all, if you tried to sell Emilio as a, uh, you know, the, the love interest slash race car driver, it would be this uh, movie's already silly, and that would be even more fucking silly. Apparently, somebody's never seen Free Jack before, where he played a racer. Come on, Noah. Yeah, yeah, but he's the worst part of Free Jack. <laughs> Did you guys notice the tie-in to last week? We get to hear Charlie Sheen walk around saying Billy again. Because <laughs> he'd befriends a guy named Billy in this movie, and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> it's just how he thinks that name is pronounced. <laughs> Uh, Unless he was already practicing for Young Guns when this movie was filmed, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I do like that he shows up because yeah, we get the opening scene of them, you know, co- forcing someone to race them and then lose, and so they steal their car. But then the next scene is him just driving around his motorcycle, and then they're all like, "Hey, are you new in town?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, brand new in town. Don't know where anything's at." And I'm like, "Oh well." course he's going to end up being the the mysterious person in the car yeah i mean it wasn't exactly a mystery at all thank you <laughs> but I, d- I did like that even just like to, to get to your point about like the dialogue being poor and stuff like he pulls up to this girl's house who he supposedly has never met he's just happens to be driving down her street on a motorcycle and he's like he's, oh i'm new in town i don't know where anything is can you tell me where this local swimming hole where all the kids go to hang out on the weekends is why would he even know that existed if he's new in town? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Maybe come to town for the swimming. It's also well, 1986, and all our characters work together at like one of those burger shops where the girls deliver food on roller skates. I'm like, but it's 1986, though. In, in outfits that you could only have put girls in in the 80s and not yeah. immediately shut down. <laughs> Yeah. The first scene at the shop is just the opening of it is like the cheesy music playing, and it's just the close-up on all the waitresses' asses while they're dancing in sync. 
And then they all turn around and skate away to deliver their orders in different directions. It's like, what the hell is going on? It's like everybody's way too happy to be working at this burger hut. Yeah. You, you want to know what my favorite part of the entire movie is? At the end, when uh, Charlie Sheen's character goes and gives his little brother the car that all of the police are looking for in connection to <laughs> several murders. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is this is the part that I'm like, this movie is ridiculous. Um, so we wait. You made it past no, that no, opening no. scene without saying that. No, no, no. I'm saying not not the very end of it. I'm, I'm just saying from the beginning. Okay. Uh, oh, I had my point, and you interrupted me, and I completely lost it. Mission accomplished. Son of a bitch. Um, Does that have to do with murders? No, bad cops. I lost it. Bad cops, car racing, no. Well, we forgot to mention that uh, our main our main female actress is basically being uh, is a slave to the leader of the gang, right? Because he basically won't let anybody near her, even though they're not dating. She can't stand him. No, but we'll just hop in the car with him whenever he sort of beckons her to. And the whole town is just understands that this is the relationship and yeah. seems to be okay with it. Yep. Which is weird. <laughs> well, it is nice that at least they kind of like call that out in the scene where uh, Billy finally confronts him and then Billy flips out on everybody else and he's like, you guys just fucking stood there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a different movie, that could have been a very poignant scene. In this movie, it's just like an actor doing his best over-the-top screaming performance. I was going to say, <laughs> but, I think in a better movie, yeah. Billy would have got at least one punch in. Like, it might have been a feeble punch, but instead he's just like, taps him on the shoulder and then proceeds to get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> I'm fine with the beating he takes. I'm, uh, it's the reaction of the rest of the crowd, which is just like... It, it's... It's over the top, and he should be losing. He should be very angry, but he still goes over the top. Um, yeah, so that's sort of like the through line is that this guy's obsessed with this girl, and she won't date him. But he kind he he makes Biff Tannen just look like a harmless scamp, where he basically rules this girl by fear, and uh, she even talks to another person. He like flips out, and uh, we find out. Uh, murders people that talk to her and date her and yeah, such things. Yeah, when the murder is revealed, you're like, well, that's that's for guys that don't want to get caught stealing cars. You probably shouldn't murder people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, with it being so confusing, because if this is like a high school gang, then that murderer is way over the top. But if this is like the Mad Max universe, then yeah, that kind of thing can happen. No, I, th I think the problem is is like Charlie Sheen's character. You're totally like, okay, he's about high school age. But uh, what's his face? Uh, Nick Cassiavetes is that his name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's forty. <laughs> <laughs> and they're fighting over the same girl who looks like she's somewhere in the middle. And does is anybody else confused by the fact that young Nick Cassiavetes looks like old Nathan Fillion for some reason? <laughs> Well, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but now I am. 
<sighs> yeah, but yeah, the weird story where it turns out, yeah, it's it's uh, her dead boyfriend and Billy's dead brother, who are one and the same, somehow come back to avenge his killing, but he looks completely different. Because he he's a wraith! He comes back in two formats, and neither of them looked like he looked before. He's not He's not a ghost. He's a wraith. What is a wraith? They don't give you any information about that in the movie. I, I mean, it's got to do with mythology and stuff. Lots of people... Wraiths usually are dead souls who take a new form to come back to get vengeance. And this guy's new form is Alien who drives a cool car. Yes. And Charlie Sheen. He takes both forms. Indeed. Okay. I mean, listen, Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen, half boy, half ghost, and all machine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) We all apologize to the listeners for having to hear that. Um, Never. Yeah, but then, like, this whole thing gets troublesome, okay? So he he's come back from the dead or or reincarnated or whatever wraiths do to seek revenge on this entire gang. Yeah. Because we got a motley crew of people with like mohawks and speech impediments and Spaz. Yeah. Uh the one guy is just constantly drinking something from a bottle and saying, Well, that's got a lot of kick and it really fucks him up. That's Spaz. And uh yeah, Clint, Clint Howard. <clears throat> And uh, so he, of course, achieves this goal by challenging them to a race, because apparently that's how they settle stuff in this town, and uh, does it by never getting out of his car that nobody can see into. He just shows up, revs his engine, and they're like, oh, you want a fucking race? I'll fucking race. And then we'll drive super fast and then get so far ahead of them that his car, he then stops and turns his car sideways in the middle of the road. And then they like catch up to him, and like, and like <laughs> run right into his car, and their car explodes. Yeah, what's the problem? No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> so this is his plan. This is the like I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna uh, do this. Yeah. And then after he's done, literally gets out of the car in front of his ex girlfriend, shakes shakes by going like, bruh, bruh. well, apparently I can never do that again. And then they ride off on a motorcycle together. Yeah. So she's going across the country with her dead boyfriend, who's now not quite dead. Like, what's their, what's their... But they're not going across the country. She said they were going east. They're going east, but they're not going across the country. He specifically tells her it's not far. Act like. Oh, I must have missed that. Sorry, where, where are they going then? Uh, I think the insinuation is they're they're basically going off to be like dead together. It's it's really weird. Like a, it's a weird metaphor. And we're sure he's dead. That they're not like this isn't like. See, my not, assumption is that he's alive. Like, is I I, I th- it's almost like the Marvel universe to me, where it's like the gods live in like another planet that you can physically go to, kind of thing. That's how I feel like he came down to Earth, sort of like. Yes, Almost that rainbow bridge. Mm-hmm. That's about That's as justifiable weird. as anything. <laughs> okay, my, well, my interpretation of the movie's always been so. So at the beginning, he's wearing all the crazy brace things on his arms and legs and stuff. Yeah, 
which are supposed to look like medical braces, representing the fact that he was a broken thing. Does that make sense? And then as he's getting his vengeance, they're vanishing, and he's becoming whole again. But they're also like the source of his power, kind of like the crow in the crow. So then whenever they're all gone, he's just a person again. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, is that yeah. Like, no, he I, definitely, I, when he killed them, he, like, the in his costume, he would lose the medical braces. And then mm-hmm. in Charlie Sheen mode, he would have these scars on his back and face and stuff mm-hmm. that would go away as he got his revenge. So they were obviously trying to play that up. Like, he's, but it's almost like, the medical brace is going away and the scar is going away, you would think he'd be back to full strength when he's done with his revenge. Not... Yeah. Not, not he wouldn't lose his power by losing all of his scars and medical braces. Yeah, they don't explain that very well, but I did read that in the IMDb trivia that, yeah. Healing healing the undead is destroying the undead. Mm-hmm. That if is that true. Make, if that makes sense. That is true. I learned that by playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, this is folklore. It's folklore crap. So, like, as as he's restored, he isn't becoming more powerful. He's becoming less powerful. I feel like, to some extent, they made a mistake by expecting people who want to watch a movie like this to have a detailed knowledge of folklore going in or be willing to read up on it in order to properly understand the film. I, I feel like the big thing they missed out on is I think that the end race between him and uh, Cassiavetes, it should have been after he's fully human so that there's stakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You slap him on the yeah. dirt bike versus the car. Yeah, to get it back to like your crow reference, it's like that's mm-hmm. the final fight in that movie. Eric has lost all his powers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's the whole idea, and I, I agree with you that would have been better in this movie. But it, I don't know. Did like did, was were there stakes to anything in this movie? Was anybody like nope. wondering how it was going to turn out? He, he was, was going to kill all those guys. He's and, an invincible ghost boy. Yeah. yeah. So, and he was just kind of fucking with him because he's also got a super ghost shotgun that he could have totally just killed some motherfuckers with. And yeah. instead, he just shoots up their fucking cars to piss them off. No, he wanted to kill them all in car races. That was part of the deal. And I wanted him to kill them all in car races, too. If he shot those guys, that would have been boring. I wish there would have been a little bit more variety, though. Just the idea of turning your car sideways and they run into it. Yeah. And it, it just insane. made the gang bigger. So that he could have ghost shotguns and people. That would have been all right. I'd have no problem with that. As long as we don't get, we can't reduce the amount of time on car races at all. Because if, if this movie ever slowed down enough that you had time to stop and think, it would be a terrible, terrible movie. It's the, the, the success of this movie is that it's moving at such a clip that you're just like, wait, so is he a ghost or? Oh, another car chase. <laughs> all right, Which, so he came down from space at the beginning. We know. Oh, car chase. Never mind. <laughs> Another <laughs> story: Johnny Depp almost in this movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was hanging around the set as they filmed it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did they ever explain what's up with the 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 gang members after he kills them? No. I will be truthful. I watched this at work, so I may have missed a couple small details. But they like you know. their bodies are unharmed, but their eyes are torn out. Yeah. I'm assuming that's some kind of uh, reference to like carrion or something like that. But. Yeah, I was just curious if there was like an explanation of why he was doing that by the end that I must have missed, but apparently not. Yeah, they they never explain it. It's just his ghost magic. Yeah, I, I tried to 
to convince myself that like they would all have like different missing parts at the beginning when the guy's eyes were missing. I'm like, oh, maybe he needed different parts, but it doesn't play out that way. No. So I'll see. That would have been better too. <laughs> we should remake the Wraith. We should. Uh, because I think, yeah, I, we'd all agree. Like we all enjoyed it. Oh yeah, it was. It was just. I mean, <laughs> so, it, it's not a good movie, have. but it's just so insane and so fun to watch that I don't know how you could not enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely loved it, and I think it was just like, oh my god, like like Doug has said, this is the most 1986 movie that was ever in 1986, <laughs> and I love. Uh, I think that's why I loved it so much. Have Have either of you gentlemen seen the California Kid? Uh, no, but I did read it's very similar. It yeah. stars one Martin Sheen. Yeah, I have not seen it either. I kind of interesting. Want it's similar, like Martin Sheen was in a movie about a ghost. Yeah, kid. no, they say it's very similar to this movie. Yeah. All right. So may have to may have to track that one down. That means it's about some kind of ghost boy out for revenge. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna assume too, but. Because, I mean, Charlie Sheen pretty much just tried to replicate his dad's career. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, his dad did Apocalypse Now. He went and did Platoon. Oh, I thought you were going to say his dad did Apocalypse Now, so he did Hot Shots. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, did we talk about the soundtrack enough? Because it's fucking awesome. Anybody call loser. it up and have the list of songs? Or? Secret loser. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Does anybody else? Have, did you pull it up, Doug? No, I didn't. It's got fucking Ozzy, Billy Idol. It's got like 1980s Ozzy, too, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 70s Ozzy, Ozzy, badass. 90s Ozzy, badass. 80s Ozzy. Pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. IMDb soundtracks. So, yeah, we get Where's the Fire, written by or performed by Tim Feehan. I don't know who that is. Secret Loser, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Uh, Hearts vs. Heads by Stan Bush, who is famous for doing The Touch. Uh, let's see. Smoking in the Boys' Room by Motley Crue. Of course, Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer, because you need that. You know what would have made this movie better? If the race was running people down while you got The Touch play. Ah, oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> Does anybody else kind of wish that instead of getting the real songs, they just had cover versions of all these songs? <laughs> uh, let's see. Matter of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Uh, Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. Because that's how you got to show your punks. So they're listening to Billy Idol. Yeah. Oh, those uh, are the most 1980s punks ever. They're like, each one of them is dressed like yeah. a slightly different version of punk. <laughs> that crust punk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're all they're always dirty. One of them always has a mohawk. Uh, as we pointed out, one of them's like drinking Drano or some shit the entire movie. Yeah, I do love the fact that uh, his his car is like a Barracuda, and he just calls it the Cuda. <laughs> I feel like if I had a Barracuda and I was in the eighties, I would have called it the Cuda too. <sighs> So yeah, uh, big recommend from all three of us. Yeah, it's, yeah. Real, it's real fun. Don't go into it if you think it's a horror movie. It's not. Don't go into it no. if you think it's a horror movie. No, it's like the two Corys could almost be in this. It's so 80s. Mm. Yeah, it's a su- supernatural teen romance revenge <laughs> movie. 
<laughs> it is. Uh, we should mention there's some nudity in it too for you nudity people. A little bit. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, but enough. Enough for me to get a screen grab for the uh, cover art for this episode, like I always do. So all you people that are driving around listening to it with your kids, and the, the cover art pops up on your fancy radio. Trigger trigger warnings for near rape. Yeah. Yeah, the movie's a little rapey. Yeah, yeah. There's also, like, some really ridiculous moments in this movie, like when Charlie Sheen and the girl are in the water and they're both on, like, the floaty air mattresses and they're paddling around talking. And then, like, the big mean guy comes up and tells them they're not allowed to talk to each other, so they have to, like, turn and paddle away. It is really awkward to try to paddle away from somebody when you're in like a little river. <laughs> and it's just stuff like that. Yeah, I just have to accept that that's just going to happen in the movie. And you're just going to have to either laugh along with it or you're going to like go. <laughs> it's also the moment where we hear that, uh, hear him use the word chili to talk about the water. And we realize that's just how Charlie Sheen says anything that ends in illy. <laughs> he says, Billy, chili. Billy, I wish I wish he'd said, "Oh, Billy, it's so chilly. You're acting silly." It would have been hilarious. Uh, that's so funny. Um, all right, anything else before we move on? No, it's awesome. All right, yeah, well, it's, it's awesome. It's it's available for free online, so anybody can watch it and should. Mm-hmm. I would buy it. I was considering looking it up, see if there's any good release of it. But, um, so the other movie is a movie that Noah picked. Well, he picked The Wraith, but he teamed The Wraith up with I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. So Noah, why don't you tell us about I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle? You already, you already told us what the movie's about by yeah. reading the title out loud. Yeah, that yeah, title no. is the most accurate title ever given to a movie. So... <laughs> It's it starts off with an evil cult biker guy trying to summon a demon, and some other biker guys show up with crossbows and shit, yep. and they're like, "Fuck you, cult guy!" And so they kill all of his friends, but then he comes back because he's possessed by the demon, but his body's all fucked up. So he stumbles over to his motorcycle and uh, fiddles with the the crossbow bolt that's in his neck bleeds into the gas tank and thus the motorcycle becomes possessed and and then a guy buys it and then it starts fucking getting revenge and killing people while doing vampire-y things <laughs> yeah that literally is about it <laughs> and, and while I am so fucking happy I watched this movie <laughs> I will also say it ruined another movie for me because uh, have you guys ever seen Rubber uh, I haven't seen it, but I know I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. so I'm a watch list. I'm a huge fan of Rubber because I was always like, "What a fucking weird original idea!" Taking some stupid thing and and just making it alive and kind of giving it a personality and just rolling with it. And now I find out that it's not fucking original at all. There was a sweet <laughs> 1990 movie from Britain about a fucking motorcycle that drinks human blood. That's <laughs> Yeah, I think I think for the for the benefit of the listeners here, I just want to interject and say when we say vampire motorcycle, we mean 
it can't go out during the day. <laughs> we mean it stays away from garlic. We mean it drinks blood. It even hurt, has it's hurt by crucifixes. Yep. Yeah, it has fangs. There's no in a weird way. Um, so I'm going to assume Noah, big fan of this movie. Oh my god, this movie is so fucking great. I cannot believe I have not seen this movie before. <laughs> it is, it is, it, it's cheesy enough and and self aware enough that it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it completely commits in that awesome 80s way that they know they're making something weird and dumb, but they just fucking go balls to the walls with it anyway. <laughs> Man, it's fucking... Oh, so good. So good. Uh, so, Doug, what did you think of the movie? Uh, oh, yeah, I like this one a lot, too. Because <laughs> this is chock full of... I think we probably liked it for different reasons. Because for me, there was a little too much of watching the motorcycle kill people on screen. It's like, congratulations, you have a remote control motorcycle. It was fun a couple of times, but it was a little much. But the dry British humor that's filtered in throughout this is absolutely hilarious to me. Like, when like when the guy, like, I don't know how to put it, when the guy shows up to his, because his friend has been killed by the motorcycle, but nobody knows it's a motorcycle doing the killing yet. And he's just making all these sarcastic comments to the cop throughout it. And you're just like, oh, that's just that, like, I don't, I don't if an American actor did that, you'd just be like, oh, the guy's an asshole who doesn't care that his friend died. But the way he's doing it with that British accent and everything, you know it's that humor that just gets filtered in over there. And I just love it. So I wish I could remember some of the one liners off the top of my head. It's like dumb shit, like, oh, how's your day going? Well, better than his, because he's dead, or whatever. <laughs> and it's just it's just that kind of dumb humor that it's just... I like that, where, where they ask him to identify his friend, and they pull the sheet back, and it's just the head, and he's like, oh, God, and he looks over, and there's another sheet over what's clearly... And he's like, is that the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the... the um, the, the officer says something to you like we believe the evidence indicates that it is or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like you've got one head and one body, but we don't technically know that they go together. It's a lot like that. And there's like a lot of really dumb jokes in this too. Like when C-3PO shows up as a priest who's going to perform an exorcism on the motorcycle and uh, <laughs> they come out of the church and he, the guy's like, hop on my motorcycle with me, father. And he's like, I can't be seen riding something like that. And then he just pulls up in a much more badass motorcycle. <laughs> like, Lead the way, sir. It's like, all right. Uh, like, I, I know also, it's dumb. I was going to say, I also love the, uh, as, as with a normal vampire trope, there's the weird nightmare sequence after the guy first meets the vampire. Of course. And, and in this case, there is a talking poop, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's a talking poop that tries to go into his mouth, and he has to pull it out. So I will be the one that says I thought this movie was just okay. Oh, Brian! Uh, but we all know I am not a fan of trauma movies. I feel like this fits in that trauma sensibility. And I feel like uh, you also watched it on a phone, which is just inappropriate for this movie. It's the only way I can get it to work. This wasn't an easy movie to find. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
So I thought it was just okay. I was impressed with how they actually got the motorcycle to move on its own, though. It was pretty cool looking. Like I say, a few scenes of it, it was really neat. And then it was mm. kind of like, okay, you've driven home your point. I don't know. I like the fact that uh, just whenever you kind of start to get bored with the way it's killing people, it kills somebody in a new way. It did have a lot of variety to its kills, which was nice. Yeah, it had the, like, the tire spikes, and it beheaded a couple people. And then at one point, the, the headlight bites somebody's fucking arm off. <laughs> When it starts, when it starts biting people, I'm like, okay, I think they've hit like peak ridiculous. No. I really liked the uh, the scene too at the beginning when the the first kill the guy that's beheaded and no one knows what happened, but there's like a hole in the door that looks just like a motorcycle. Yeah, and there's tire <laughs> and tracks on the wall. Tire tracks all over the wall. Like he was driving around in there, like it's one of those balls that you see at the circus where the guys drive around in the motorcycles. It's like all over the apartment. They're like what happened? I have no idea. Well, there's treads on the wall. I think you can piece something together. <laughs> Good lord, that was pretty funny. <laughs> In their defense, if you walked into that room, I doubt the first thing you'd say is, I bet a motorcycle drove on these walls. <laughs> a vampire motorcycle must be stalking the streets again. <laughs> I wonder if somebody bought a vampire motorcycle. Oh, they said the name of the movie in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Oh, it's so good. I wish I would have taken more notes because this movie's got so much stuff in it that just, like, every five minutes of this movie, something was happening that I was like, ah! <laughs> more of that, more of that. Well, Noah, you'll be happy to know. It's available on Blu-ray? It will be available on Blu-ray October 23rd. Because I'm going to get that. And it's only $25, but it actually looks like it's going to have some decent special features. Uh, so brand new 4K restoration, of course. You got to be able to see that shit in crisp 4K. Right. Audio commentary with the director, the writers, and actor, Alan Frank. Uh, Vampire's Lair featurette. Uh, we made a vampire... Is that about the shed? The vampire's lair feature? <laughs> the shed where the bike lives? Uh, we made a vampire motorcycle documentary. Uh, where are they now? Featurette. And then uh, the reversible uh, cover art. I, I feel like there should be a whole series of films that's been off of this. <laughs> like, like, I bought a wear car. Wear car. <laughs> I bought a Franken Zamboni. <laughs> they would need a crossover, though. Yeah, no, and you could just go hog wild with it. Vampire motorcycle versus wear car. Eventually, they'll meet Abbott and Costello. That's when you know they've jumped the shark. Well, they're British, so it'd have to be Benny Hill. <laughs> well, uh, do you guys do you guys have a favorite vampire motorcycle bit that they did? Well, the scene where the motorcycle is kind of mounting that woman, and then you see the fangs come out of the uh, right where the wheel yeah. connects to the to the frame, and then. Bites her in the neck, and you hear. And then it just they retract, and then it climbs down. 
Yeah, there was a lot of little moments I liked. I did like when they just opened the gas tank and it was just full of blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I particularly liked when the bike pulled up and when they well they rode the bike to the bar and then when they went inside and the the biker gang showed up and then the bike trashed all the bikes outside. It's, it's driving and knocking over the other motorcycles and driving over top of them and stuff. For some reason, I thought that was really funny. The the weird sword fight they have in the bar for no reason. Yeah, they have a sword fight in a bar. I, I, it's a British movie. I just thought that's what happens there. Right. Yeah. That that fight scene gets a little out of control. It starts with just two guys like shoving in a bar, and next thing you know, they're having like swords and shields and shit going. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I really like the uh, the bit where the priest is trying to push the bike out of the garage. And of course, it stops the yeah. getting the light, and the guy's like, "See, it doesn't want to go in the light." And he's like, "Ah, oh, bullshit! It's just stuck." He like pushes it again, and the, the handbrake cuts all his fingers off. Oh, Anthony, Anthony Daniels must have needed to pay some rent. And they were like, "Hey, you want to be in this movie about a vampire motorcycle?" You have to assume that somebody brought him that title, and they're like. Can you sign on? He's like, yeah, they'll never make this. I'll just sign this so that they'll go away. Nobody's ever going to fund this movie. I also like the bit where the uh, the motorcycle comes flying in through the uh, the hospital window. Yeah. The whole thing where the where she's in the hospital and they have the garlic over the windows and she's wearing two crucifixes and then the nurse comes in and makes her take it all down. And you're like, oh, come on. We spent so much time setting this up and this bitch nurse is just going to come in and make her take it all down. Right. It's kind of hilarious. I just... The the whole pretense of this movie is them going, okay, in vampire movies this happens. How do we do that with a motorcycle? Yeah. yeah. So why I do remember. we never get a sequel? Did people just think it was too ridiculous? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I ne- I had never even heard of this movie until very recently. Mm-hmm. And that's in this kind of shit is like that is my jam. This is this is the kind of shit I like. So the fact that I've never heard of it, I just find that disturbingly odd. How have I never fucking heard of this movie? I think the only thing, the only explanation I have there is with it being a British film. And coming out in 1990, yeah, it's maybe just it didn't like, have distribution. Yeah, like it, it would have been hard to get copies over here back then. And I can only think like when people started releasing stuff on DVD and then eventually Blu-ray and stuff like that. 1990 era is not one that people look back on very fondly for the most part. So there were probably a whole lot of uh, just people ignoring it, just not thinking about it. You know, of course, all the video nasties eventually got releases and stuff, but this one just was too late to be considered, like, from the cool era and too early to be from the era where things just got worldwide distribution. Good point, Doug. Or, or you know, there's another reason altogether. I'm full of shit. <laughs> but, uh, Doug was talking about the one-liner jokes. I do like the part where toward the end of the movie they say something about like oh my god what kind of bike was that and he's like it's a you know a norton commando or whatever and he goes oh usually they're so reliable (laughs) (laughs) yeah do we get why he lied about how much he paid for the motorcycle and that kept being a joke throughout like most of it i don't 
I didn't really get that. Well, it took me a few minutes to process too, and I'm like, do because they they refer to quids, but then they refer to pounds, and I'm like, I don't know how that translation works. So yeah. I wasn't at first 100 percent sure if he was lying or if they were just saying the same amount but in different units of measure. Yeah, fucking Brits. Well, anything else to gush over about this movie, Noah? Before we move oh. on, if you like weird, humorous, gory, bizarre movies, this is this is a really good one. It's really good. Yeah, I, I think people. I think the kind of people who are listening to this podcast and debating whether or not to watch this movie will really like this movie. And apparently the Blu-ray is forthcoming, so it won't be as hard to find as it was for us. Oh yeah, I'm getting that Blu-ray. That's that's mine. <laughs> I think they'll make more than one. No, it's okay. I, I don't think they're going to make a whole lot more than one. <laughs> <laughs> one of those is mine. We sold out on the first day. Wow, should we print more? I don't know. We sold them all to one guy. I can't see him coming back. <laughs> Well, go ahead and print 10 more. He bought those too. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. No feedback this week. But did uh, anybody watch anything since last time? I can't believe we didn't get any feedback off the vampire motorcycle. People just haven't watched it yet. They didn't know if we were going to recommend it first. Well, yeah, that's what it is. Well, they should have. Like people are still emotionally recovering from Brian's feedback from last week. <laughs> They're just like, oh. <laughs> trying to think. I don't think I watched anything. All right. Well, I'll start off because, Noah, you're a big fat liar. Me and Noah took a trip to the drive-in a couple oh, yeah. days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Noah. You got to come uh, up with better lies, man. Uh so the bad thing is uh, this was like a four movie night at the drive-in bad news is they started an hour late and the other bad news is it's an hour and a half away from my house so we only got through the first two movies because it was really fucking cold and they started late and i mean the first two movies okay the first movie we watched was john carpenter's the thing so good. Which to be somewhat freezing your nuts off sitting at a drive-in watching it made it all like very meta and I actually loved every moment of it. Uh, and then they followed that up with the 1980s version of The Blob, which Noah started to fall asleep during. Yeah, I, I was so, that was the one that I was so fucking excited about seeing. And I ended up having to work that morning. So I got up at like fucking six. So by the time we got that late, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that movie on the big screen as well was super fucking awesome. And then after that, they were going to show the fun house and Hollywood chainsaw hookers. 
and since people were already falling asleep and I was really fucking cold and it was already like one thirty at night. And the uh, dude that runs it was really juicing it this year. He needs to yeah. fucking like don't get me wrong, I appreciate everything he does. But we don't need fucking forty fucking five minutes of shit between every fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do appreciate the retro uh, driving ads, but Jesus Christ, in in uh, moderation. Um, but yeah, I mean, two fucking awesome movies added drive-in, and it was fucking awesome and totally worth totally worth the three hour round trip to go see it. If they would have started on time and stuff, I, we may have made a third movie, but just didn't happen yeah that sounds like it'd be a really fun series of films to see it in that environment mm-hmm. like i said it was chilly so that helped with the thing just add to the uh to the ambiance and then uh the blob the blob's just fucking awesome and i just listened to an interview with chuck russell uh, a couple days beforehand on mick garris podcast so I got to hear him talk about making it and then go see it at a fucking drive-in, which is awesome. And my friend Tim that came with us, he'd never been to a drive-in before. So this was his first drive-in experience. And I was like, you get to see two fucking awesome movies at an awesome drive-in. Soy burgers. <laughs> I know I really want to go to a drive-in. I didn't get to go to one this summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ours has like the horrible cheeseburgers that like you get like when you're in high school oh yeah like the, the bad cafeteria cheeseburgers that you're like oh these are fucking terrible but i want like 10 of them for some reason i don't think i've ever had food at a drive-in i've had like you know popcorn or like slushies oh. or something but oh man the the, the midway so, so there's just something fucking about it like because they have like french fries and shit and it's all just like sitting in a shitty heat lamp and stuff there's something <laughs> the heat lamps are why i never get food there i'm like no i want stuff they made today i don't know there's something so authentic about that garbagey ass driving food. <laughs> yeah my wife the whole time there she's like i need some carny food i'm starving so she knew exactly what she was getting she wanted some corn dogs. She wanted some bad cheeseburgers. Got a giant bag of popcorn. Um, and I think Tony's idea for next year is a winner. Yeah, I get like an Airbnb house like in the area. And then you can just go to the drive-in. And not I have to worry about making an hour and a half drive home. You can even like take a big old power nap before it starts. Yeah, that's good. We'll have to see what the uh, movie announcements are. See if it's even worth it, but more than likely it will be. I was I was getting ready to say I've never been disappointed. So, mm-hmm. uh, did you watch anything, Doug? Yeah, I. Uh, well, it's basically Halloween season from my perspective because mm-hmm. first time it gets a little bit chilly, I consider it to be Halloween. Yeah. So I started doing what I do every year and watching some classic horror. Uh. Well, I don't know. I don't, even, don't know if we need to get into all three individually, but I watched all of the Creature from the Black Lagoon movies. Nice. So the first one, and then the Revenge of the Creature, and then the Creature Walks Among Us. Although I watched them in the wrong order, because for some reason the Universal box set disc fucks you over and puts them in the wrong order. So if you just play the next movie, it's not right. Which is so what it goes like one, three, two. Yep. 
It's like one one is its own disc, but then if you put in the second disc, it defaults to the third movie first, which is weird. I don't know why they did that. I got super confused because I can, for people who aren't aware of the plot, the first one, people go into the Amazon to search for some kind of creature. They find it. They fight it. Yada, yada, yada. The second one is they go back, they capture it, bring it back, try to put it on display in like SeaWorld, uh, which backfires and it escapes and kills some people and stuff. The third one is... Third one is probably the most interesting from a plot perspective. They go and they catch it in the Florida Everglades, take it to the they take it to California to experiment on it, and most of the people there just think it's they're just gonna like try to understand it and study it kind of thing. Uh, but the uh, kind of the head guy, he's I guess the evil scientist of the group, and he's actually wants to like do vivisection on it and convert it into a more human-like character because he thinks then people will be able to figure out how to live in space. Which is a little weird. Um, So you end up with a creature that as a result of some burns and some other things is uh, looks a little different and is wearing clothes and it's, you know, but it's kind of neat. It kind of combines like the King Kong storyline, which is sort of what the second one is, is just, you know, pick up the thing, put it on display, it all goes wrong. It sort of combines that storyline again with the Island of Dr. Moreau storyline, which is interesting to me. Um, So yeah, plot-wise, I think they all work. I think they're... The first one to me is just, it's a marvel how good the underwater filming is for a 1954 movie. I just, Mm -hmm. I love it, and I love that they built this suit that, and like, if anybody knows the trivia, like they put an Olympic swimmer in the suit, so he looks uh, so natural and graceful underwater. It's cool. Actually, I met him at a convention. Oh yeah. And, uh, we interviewed him for Drunken Zombie. I don't think that interview ever got posted though. Oh. Yeah, he was a super cool dude. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just neat how good it looks in the water, and then mm-hmm. like the other piece of trivia that people might probably already know is that they built two suits, so. The second one is way heavier, so that when the creature's out of the water, it kind of moves unnaturally and stuff, because the actor is physically having trouble moving in the suit, which is kind of a neat thing, especially when you think about the fact that it was, you know, 54, and this is like, you know, one of the universal classics. They weren't mm-hmm. they weren't known for their production value necessarily. In some cases, it looks pretty cool, but in a lot of cases, it's just, you know, especially when you're watching them today, things don't look great. So I, th- I think technically these these all three of these movies are hold up really well. I think none of them are that original as far as the plot line goes, but I think they are interesting takes on the stories that they're aping. So I, I was uh, really happy to rewatch them, but I'm not surprised by that because I'm happy every time I rewatch them. Well, if you like Universal horror movies, you are going to be jealous of what I'm going to tell you is like. In a theater 45 minutes from my house during the month of October, they're doing three double bills of classic Universal Horror movies. Oh, really? So the first one they're doing in a couple weeks is Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Awesome. Uh, And then a couple weeks later, it's The Wolfman, and then Frankenstein meets The Wolfman. And then the week after that is Dracula and The Mummy. 
Well, at least that third week, I'm not that concerned about missing. Yeah. Spanish <laughs> Dracula. I did. Uh, I did a couple of years ago. I went and saw like the double feature of Frankenstein and Dracula in theaters, mm-hmm. and I these movies look great on the big screen. Like yeah. now that they've restored them into Blu-ray quality and stuff, it's super fun to watch these old movies on the big screen. I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to go to all these double features. It sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what other people's views are on these Universal classic movies. I know they're not for everybody because they are the old timey acting style and they're they're very kind of quaint and stuff like that. I get a kick out of the fact that in these movies they're always trying to play up the science angle. So you've always got these characters like speaking about scientific things that are by today's standards a bit silly um first of all it's just the fact that they're explaining science to the audience is silly but secondly they are talking about how one day they'll get to the moon it's like okay (laughs) i mean he he was right i guess this movie predicted it good to get on them but it's a little hilarious to hear another time they're talking about like this new machine that they've got to help track down the creature and he talks for like 10 minutes i'm like that's just a fish finder, man. Like, <laughs> like everybody has those now. I know people who put those in their canoes and shit. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of funny, but nice. you know, I mean, the movies are of a certain area. You can't really blame them for that. And I found it. I don't know. I, I really like the universal classics. I, for me, that's what a horror movie is. I, I really get behind them. So I'll be talking about more next week. Probably. Nice. I don't know which ones yet. I haven't really planned it out. <laughs> I wasn't planning to watch all three of these either. I just put in the first one because, and then it just yeah. happened. You know how that is. Yeah, you pulled a Noah. Yeah. So, um, so what else did I watch? Stepfather. That's right. I watched the Stepfather. <laughs> just, um, yeah. I, I only I know because you tagged me in that in that post on Instagram. So. Yeah, because I because you had mentioned it a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, man, I really should get to that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I have time to watch a movie, and there's that movie that Brian said to watch. So <laughs> I I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, like I was okay. So the opening scene hooked me right away. Like it's just so bloody and gory and creepy. Mm-hmm of him like just changing his appearance while he's dead and then walking through the house and passing by his dead family and it's just it's yeah, awesome and it's very much the there was just a giant massacre that happened right before the movie started yeah and just bodies all over blood all over the walls and stuff yeah but it's like yeah, yeah it's amazing because he's just upstairs and he's like when he's, he's tidying up toys but he walks right by all the dead bodies which I don't know I thought was great Um, but what really caught me off guard was how smart the movie is like it's not that it's not a cheesy 80s movie at all like it's Mm. you've got different characters who are are all kind of pursuing him but they're all acting logically even though you know like you can kind of predict where things are going to go but I liked the way the movie like it we all know the story as the audience but the characters are trying to figure it out and you can watch them try to do so in a logical way that makes sense in the 80s that you know some of it is a little bit silly now because when the girl wants to see a picture of a guy she has to like send away for it <laughs> and again it's <laughs> yeah. like well I mean in, in the Google age it'd be a lot harder to hide yeah. two towns over from where you committed your murders but that's again in the 80s that seems like it was very plausible um, yeah and it's not like the, the cheesy thing where he kills his whole family 
and then just like puts a fake mustache on and moves like to the other side of town and nobody knows any different yeah I mean, they actually do a pretty good job of showing him setting up like his next what his next life is going to be and like what that all entails and everything yeah so you sort of start to realize that like yeah he's been planning this all along and it's yeah it's it's really cool and O'Quinn's performance is amazing mm-hmm. like I was talking to somebody about it today and it's, he's like a, a crazier version of Patrick Bateman because you get the impression that like okay he's similar to like Patrick Bateman where he's got like the one like perfect nice guy persona and then he's got like the killer underneath except I think the guy in Stepfather he he believes both of those personas I don't think like either one of those is a show I think he's literally just he, he thinks it's all it's all part of who he is um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting and you can see towards the end when he gets kind of messed up because people are figuring things out and he has to kill some guy that he's not really planning to kill which is a pretty badass scene but uh, when when all that plays out you can see he gets all kerfuffled and he's like can't remember what he's supposed to be in that moment and he doesn't seem to think it's that weird in front of other people to say like oh wait who am I when I'm here kind of thing (laughs) so yeah it's interesting to watch everything start falling down around him and just watching him react and figure out trying to figure out what his next move is going to be yeah Yeah. and that you know there's there's other things I liked about it too just I like that full spoilers but there's like the brother of his previous victim has been trying to track him down and throughout the movie and when he finally shows up he just gets killed and you're like oh that's that's how I wanted that to play out because it, it's <laughs> it's correct from a story making standpoint to have him the final confrontation be him and the new family rather mm-hmm. than the yeah. uh, rather than have some guy come in and save the day yeah. Um, so yeah I, I love that movie um, I'm kind of kicking myself for not having seen it until now I know, I was the same way. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh, the second one's not as good, and I've heard the third one's pretty terrible, but I haven't watched it yet. So Yeah. I, I glanced at the remake, too, and I'm just like, no. Like, cause it, <laughs> well, I guess in the remake, it's like, instead of it being a daughter, it's like a son who was away at military school. And I'm just like, that already sounds like you're making a two-action movie. Yeah. The beauty of this movie is that there are couple of great like gore moments but they're spaced out and you mm-hmm. in between you've got this guy doing the perfect family man thing and he does it so well that like as an audience if we hadn't seen those other moments previously we would just assume that's his only character we would think the daughter is the crazy one who's mm-hmm. starting to figure it out yeah like if they took all that stuff at the beginning out and had it be a mystery like well is he really evil or is the daughter just making it up? Like that could be its own decent movie, but the fact that they give you all that info and they still have a really good movie after that. Like I just, I love this movie. Yeah. It was, it was just, yeah, it was, it was really genuinely great. I'm super happy that I watched it. Um, so yeah, the other thing I watched, which I enjoyed way more than I anticipated enjoying is the 1996 movie Fear starring uh, Marky oh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. Feel it, feel it. Yeah, like 
so I literally like I saw this movie in theaters in '96, and I remembered enjoying it, but I assumed it was cheesy at this point. <laughs> and I don't know, Netflix recommended it, and I was looking for something to leave on, like as I was falling asleep, kind of thing. So I threw it on. So what the hell? And I was surprised how good it was. <laughs> so I just ended up watching the rest of it. And uh, yeah, it's the tension in the atmosphere is surprisingly good. The performance is surprisingly strong. The basic plot line is it's really simple. It's, you know, you know, teenage girl brings a guy home. Dad doesn't like him. Turns out the guy's a creepy weirdo, which you should have known already because he's Marky Mark. And <laughs> things just kind of escalate, escalate, escalate until there's a big, you know, climax. Um, but I thought, first of all, the, the performances are good. Um, Marky Mark is surprisingly good in the movie. <laughs> and Reese Witherspoon, who I kind of forgot she played, like, the daughter in it. And Alyssa Milano is her, like, best friend. They all give, like, strong performances. William Peterson of Young Guns 2 fame is the dad. He's pretty good. Um, yeah, like, I, it, it, just, it just worked. And there, there's a few moments where it gets action movie. There's one kill scene where, you know, a a friend who has been involved this whole time is killed and it's it's a bit cheesy how it happens um and then it definitely well here's the other young guns tie-in besides the william peterson thing is it ends with like a family trapped in the house and a siege of like a gang attacking and it gets kind of way over the top violent at that point mm-hmm. um does somebody escape by being thrown out in a trunk no several people are thrown oh. out windows multiple people thrown out windows but none of them in a trunk yeah. which is unfortunate that's disappointing. Like I feel like every action movie needs that now. Yeah, it it would be better. But yeah, so weirdly enough, I'm going to recommend that if people have free time, watch the 1996 thriller <laughs> Fear starring Mark Wahlberg. I did not think I would be recommending that to people, but I enjoyed it more than I expected. So now part of it is like 1996 just to remind listeners as core of my high school years. So I mean, the Bush mm. soundtrack really sucked me oh, in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, maybe some of the fashion looks cheesy now, but I mean... It's, it's like I'm still, I, yeah, like, I, I'm, we're recording right now, I'm wearing, like, ripped up jeans, a black t-shirt, a flannel shirt over top, like, <laughs> I, I, I can't really criticize 90s fashion. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and yeah, like, the soundtrack for me was great, because it's all songs that I liked from back then, so um, that's going to be specific to your taste in music, I guess. It's, it's not as objectively good as the uh, Wraith soundtrack, which is just <laughs> perfect for what it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I'd be interested to check it out again. It's weird. I don't... Like I said, I didn't think I'd like it. <laughs> which raises all sorts of questions about what's wrong with me that I started watching a movie going, I don't think I'll like this, but I'll watch it. Did you, did you ask your girlfriend about it? Like, did she watch it, or did you mention that you watched it? No. I'm well, curious if you bring bring it up, because it seems like girls that are around our age, if you bring up the movie Fear, they're like, oh, my God, I loved that movie. Oh, really? And they Because it was this big thing, I guess, Marky Mark. You know, it was like, oh, I like Marky Mark, and he did this horror movie, and then, you know, they were like 16, 17 when it came out, so... And you got the scene on the fucking roller coaster where he's putting his hand up her dress, and all the girls are like, "Oh my god!" 
Well, the, the ironic part about that, the reason I saw this in 1996 was because my then girlfriend <laughs> was like all into it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, it's like horror-ish. I'll go. So I'm curious if you brought it up to your girlfriend, like what she would, uh, what she would say. So I know she's a big Reese Witherspoon fan, which is mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah. it, we should also worth pointing out that she's a bit younger than us, so she wouldn't have been in elementary school when this came out, not high school. Mm. Uh, okay. So that might be different. I don't know. Well, I don't I mean, know. It's the same because my wife is like four years younger than me, and she's a big fan of this movie. Okay. Now she's kind of an exception because she likes horror movies anyway. Um, but I feel like this is one that you always just mention to girls around our age, and then yeah, I remember. Like, I remember, like in high school, this was like because because I always wanted to watch every horror movie, and this was the one that like girls also liked, which is mm. weird. It's not really a horror; it's more of a thriller, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Yeah, that's it. Did you think of anything else, Noah? Uh, no. Are you sure? Because you were lying last time you said Well, with it, like I said, I've been working a bunch of overtime. My brain's fried. All, All right. Uh, let see. I watched a couple things. Uh, so I watched the movie Terrifier. You guys heard of this one? Yeah, it's getting real mixed reviews online, so I'm curious what yeah. you thought of it. Uh, it's... <laughs> Like, I gave it three stars out of five. Like it's well, that doesn't help. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's like it's not great, but I mean, I don't know. Like it's good. It's just a clown killing people. So I mean, I don't know. Like what else? What else you'd be looking for in a movie? But um, is it like a like basically a slasher then? Well, it starts out with these two girls. That, I mean, it's Halloween night. They're out doing stuff that like early 20 year old girls do on Halloween which is dress in slutty costumes and get drunk at parties and throw up everywhere uh, so they go to like get something to eat uh, like this pizza place to like try to sober up so they can drive home and this weird dude in a clown costume comes into the pizza place won't leave him alone um, doesn't really say anything just kind of sits there and stares at him which is fucking creepy enough. And then uh, they go to leave, but um, then, of course, their tire's been slashed. So they call, like, one of them calls her sister to come pick them up. And there's, like, this apartment building that's being renovated or, like, humigated or whatever. Like, the whole thing's being, is sort of, uh, sort of being remodeled and, one of the things is there's like a uh, exterminator in there. So they ask if, you know, one of them asks if she can go in and use the bathroom. And so he lets her in. And then, of course, while she's doing that, the clown shows up and kidnaps her friend. And then basically the rest of the movie takes place in this rundown apartment building as this clown is now chasing our main character throughout most of it. And then, of course, the sister shows up to add another wrinkle to the whole thing so if you just want to see like a clown hit a dude straight in the face with a hammer uh i mean this movie's for you um yeah i don't know it's not the best movie ever but it's enjoyable uh slashery 
So, you know, if you're into like slashers and stuff, but don't be looking for like the next greatest slasher movie. Just, hey, I want to see this weird dude in a clown costume just chase girls through in a abandoned apartment building. I do kind of want to see that. Yeah. And I mean, I watched it on Netflix, so it's worth a Netflix watch. I didn't pay for it, technically. So, yeah, I had a good time with it. Um, and as I was looking stuff up, apparently this character of this clown also showed up in a movie called All Hallows Eve. Right. Which I, which I have not seen. I'm trying to remember if I saw that or not. I remember it. I remember it, but apparently I don't it's like a, if I saw it. It's like a found footage movie where somebody is being forced to watch these videotapes of this guy, this clown guy, like killing people. And it's like found the segments are found footage, so they have to keep watching these tapes or whatever. I haven't watched it yet, but put it on my list if I can find it somewhere, such as Netflix, to give it a watch. Somewhere where there's <sighs> no additional costs associated with watching it. Yeah, sure. That way, uh, there's no uh, no risk. It's a weird and, like uh, thing in today's world where we have this like, watch it, don't watch it, watch it if it's available free of charge. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Yeah, that way you won't feel ripped off if you end up not liking it. Uh, speaking of feeling ripped off, uh, I watched another movie that's been getting stupid amount of buzz all over uh, the horror corners of the internet, uh, which is the movie Mandy with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Have you uh, have you been tempted to uh, watch this movie yet? I. No, I, I tried to go see it in theaters as discussed last week. Oh, that's right. Out, so. Yeah, it's on. It's on VOD oh, now. The so. last, the last in town showing of it is happening as we record, so I, oh. can't, I will not get a chance to see it in theaters anyway. Oh, I looked it up. I'm like, what are the chances it's still playing? And they're like, last night. I'm like, god damn it, son of a bitch. Well, but, I fucking, I fucking hated it. So. So maybe I should be happy that I got screwed up seeing. I maybe I don't know, but I seem to be in the very much in the minority because people just cannot stop talking about how much they love this movie, and I'm like I don't understand why. So you know how in the Wraith, which we talked about today, they spent about four minutes showing like the backstory of the guy getting killed and yeah uh, all that stuff. So they stretch all that stuff out in this to a full hour. Um, it's literally just Nicolas Cage and his girlfriend doing stuff around around their house and showing how in love they are. And then these crazy like uh, uh, cultists like show up because they see her walking on the road, and so they invade their home and end up killing his girlfriend and they stab Nicolas Cage thinking that, you know, he'll bleed out and of course he doesn't and then decides he's going to get revenge and that all takes an entire hour. And the whole thing's just lit like a Argento movie where it's like strong red light from one side of the screen for no reason whatsoever. And then it's like super close up of someone's eye for no reason. You know, just that kind of stuff. And then Nicolas Cage wants to get revenge, so he 
makes this crazy ass axe looking thing and then goes around murdering weird Cenobite biker type things which sounds like that would be awesome but after an hour of basically nothing happening I was so bored yeah because I'm saying everything I've heard positive about it is all about it sounds like the second half yeah and you're saying that that was probably good just you were bored when it started like yeah, I think that first half just kind of wore me down, and then everybody was talking about, oh, Nicolas Cage is fucking crazy in this movie, but I don't feel like he was crazy. Like I feel like he was way more like over the top in like um, Bad Parents or uh, that movie Drive Angry that he was in, which was also sort of a revenge movie. So I don't feel, I just don't feel like he was even at that level and craziness but i don't know people people loved it the internet disagrees with you but i know that's i'm saying if you really want to see it i would still say for you to see it you may love it i was just like i don't get why people love this movie at all so and it is a straight up two-hour movie so that whole first hour is just pretty much nothing and then crazy cult then do you think it's possible that like mainstream audiences are kind of getting into this movie because they don't know that Nick Cage is like this? <laughs> They're all surprised. Maybe, but I mean, it's like my horror-loving friends too are just same thing. People keep posting how much they love it, and I'm just like, really? Like, why? I don't know. Eh. I mean, don't take my word for it. I'm just telling you that I watched it and didn't like it. You may end up loving it. So we'll see if I get around to it or not. Yeah. So I, was, I thought it was one that I would really have wanted to see in theaters with a crowd. That's and maybe that would have helped if I would have had a good crowd. But I mean, sitting in my sitting, you know, watching it on my TV and stuff with nobody else around, maybe it wasn't the way to watch it. But I don't know. Did not do nothing for me. So I'm kind of bummed actually. I was really excited for it and really super hyped about watching it and then was really disappointed so no no maybe maybe i'll wait for it to show up on one of the streaming services and just fast forward through the first half <laughs> maybe it might be possible might be the best way to go here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future all right, so for next week, since uh, I programmed all of Slater September and then Noah picked movies this week, we decided it would only be fair to let Doug pick next week. And what did you pick, Doug? Uh, well, I, I played it safe. Um, <laughs> and I went with movies that I know were good. So we're going to, I guess, compare and contrast the two versions of The Fly. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum version and the Vincent Price version. Spoiler alert, we're going to get three recommends for each of them but hopefully we'll have interesting things to say when's the price in the first one i thought he's in the second one i may uh, be wrong he's in both i also think fits the prices in almost everything from back then so. <laughs> uh, he does, he does pop up like a fucking ghost <laughs> it's all right i love vincent price so anytime he shows up in something like hey vincent price yeah i'm never sad about it yeah the movie's never worse because Vincent Price is in it. <laughs> I used to really like Bill Hader's impression of Vincent Price on Saturday Night Live. 
Hello. <laughs> uh, I saw somebody complaining about the Liberace jokes once, though. I was like, really? Because the whole like setup for these uh, SNL skits was that this was like a Vincent Price Halloween special. Like, uh, I don't even know what else to compare it to. But I don't know, he's had celebrity guests showing up to his house, and they were having a Halloween party. And Liberace was there playing the piano. And they kept trying to, like, set him up, like, to go out and get women or something. And he's always just like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I saw people complaining about that. I'm like, but... I'm trying to remember who John Hamm was supposed to be. Well, in one of them, because he was in a couple. In one of them, he was uh, JFK. Or was he Robbie Kennedy? He was one of the Kennedy brothers. Uh, but the, I think the big one that he was in, he played James Mason. Oh, yeah, James Mason. And he's just fucking hammered drunk. <laughs> Which, uh, apparently, I saw in one of those little documentaries. During dress rehearsal, he played he played with his Dean Martin. And then the, the decision was made to switch it to James Mason after dress rehearsal. And so, you know, they told him, like, okay, so we're going to switch it to James Mason. And he's like, oh, cool, yep, got it. And they're like, you, do you want to go over it? And he's like, nope, I'm good. And so just completely nailed a James Mason impersonation, like, just being told in between uh, dress rehearsal and on air. So that's why I love John Hamm. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, you haven't seen these? They're, they're fine. No, I've seen none of them. <laughs> I do think like that I was going to interject with the Liberace jokes it sounds like it's really obvious that the joke is about how old Hollywood pretended people weren't gay even though they clearly were Yeah, and that's the joke it's not making fun of gay people it's making fun of old Hollywood and old timey attitudes towards homosexuality so I think it's frustrating that people complain about stuff like that it's like yeah, that's what listen I... to the joke understand yeah. the joke that's how I explained it too. I'm just like, no, no, no. That's they're they're completely like, like that's the whole joke is that, that they didn't want to out him that he was into guys. So they, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. It seems really obvious and just almost like you have to be intentionally missing it. How many was there? Let's see. There was a Halloween special. There was a Christmas special. Thanksgiving special. Halloween special part two. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to watch these, Doug, because they are pretty brilliant. All right, well, it's a pretty short show this week, so I have time to watch them before bed. Now that we're done, please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.